Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Sixers King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. Point, uh, we're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach, yes. yes, all right. <laughs> First touchdown <laughs> of the year. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes, yeah. You know the name already. It's Mercy. Ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. We see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane that's never still put a damage in the wrong with us seriously what's wrong with us we're miami hurricanes fans welcome to the six rings cane show a show dedicated to miami hurricane sports featuring the legendary larry bluestein jazz santana vish and danny gillette let's go canes hey what's up everyone it's vish with for the six rings cane show another midweek hit coming at your recording this thursday night in case there's some late breaking news uh, tuesday night in case there's some late breaking news this will go out wednesday morning so <laughs> we hear some norchad news overnight which i don't anticipate this could be stale real quick uh packed show today obviously the focus is gonna be basketball it's it's gotta be basketball right we've got the men and the women in the NCAA tournament. We'll run down that schedule real quick. And then we're going to talk a little baseball first because I got got a guest coming on, uh, Matty Ice from uh, Orange Bowl Boys Network. Bunch of, it's all over the place. I'll let him plug his own stuff. He's joining us. Um, he's going to talk some hoops. He's broken down Drake tape. Um, he's got all the ins and outs. He can let us know what's happening this weekend. He's, he's, all, he's a, uh, in my line of business, we call them subject matter experts. This man is a hoops subject matter expert. He's going to Join me to, to deep dive into this Hurricanes uh, big, big game on Friday against Drake. Um, so we're going to put that off until he joins. So and then we'll, we can talk some hoops there. Um, so we'll start off a little bit with, you know, kind of doing the frankly, the least important thing first, which is uh, we're going to talk a little baseball. Uh, so the Hurricanes baseball team, whew, you know, it's been a rocky start to the season, but a necessary series win last weekend. So the Canes had lost four or five games after dropping the midweek last week. Um, and they, they're hosting NC State. And NC State had been undefeated at the time. And one, two out of three, massive, massive series win. Uh, the Canes um, got a strong performance out of Carson Ligon on Friday as the rotation swapped. Um, but probably the most impressive thing, and then, uh, I should say, went up 8 nothing, blew the 8 nothing lead, and then... Uh, came back and won nine to eight on Ian Farrow solo shot. So not exactly the best overall performance, but necessary win. They needed to get things righted the way that, that things were headed was, you know, frankly, missed the missed the postseason type of stuff is where they were headed. Um, but they got the ship right. And then Saturday night, Carson, like, again, went Friday night, Saturday night, Gabe Zeal moved from Friday, Saturday starter. What a performance. Eight innings, shutout ball. They did score, uh, NC State did score one unearned run. Just lights out. Didn't really get threatened that much. Amazing performance. Got himself going in the right direction. You could see he was fired up. And just, I think, getting him out of that Friday pressure roll, big, big, big deal. Um, he pitched awesome. And it's going towards solidifying that rotation um, as the Canes rolled on Saturday, won the series. And then, you know, with an opportunity to really put a stake in the ground, and sweep, they laid a neck. Um, and that's, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, it's not just that they lost because, you know, that happens. It's that <laughs> they, they didn't really show up, um, didn't, didn't put in a good performance. Um, it was over early. Alejandro Rosario got rocked again. And, you know, the pitching is a problem. The pitching is a problem. Midweek and... You know, there, there's maybe two starters here. Ligon and now Zeal looks like he's getting it going again. You know, that might be it. Um, so they got to figure out what's going on with Rosario's. Ben Chestnut, the answer. Is Alejandro Torres, the answer. Don't know. Other big news item out of the weekend, which we don't have any information on. I just checked again to see if anyone had gotten any information on why exactly Andrew Walters did not pitch 
in a safe situation on Friday. Now, the rest of the weekend, Saturday was a blowout by the Canes. Sunday was a blowout by NC State. So there was not really a situation to run him out there. But certainly Friday, 9-8 game, bottom of the ninth. That is Walter's time. That was Alejandro Torres. Closed the game. And he did an awesome job. Shut him down. Um, just like Lecarica finished off the deal on Saturday. But, you know, whether they would have brought him on in a, you know, with a large margin non-safe situation, I don't know. But certainly, if he was right... He would have pitched, you would think, on Friday. Now, again, no news yet that I've seen on whether or not he's injured or not, but or maybe they just wanted to arrest his arm. I don't know. Um, certainly would be concerning if he can't go. It's already a thin bullpen. In fact, Alejandro Torres, who closed on Friday, is a candidate, you would think, to get into that starting rotation. Now, he did start the midweek last week, uh, got hit pretty bad after a couple of scoreless innings, but overall he's been a very strong pitcher. Maybe he moves into the rotation, but not if he has to close. So just a lot of turmoil in in that pitching rotation right now as the Kings try to piece it together. But the good news is, you know, two and one in the conference got that started off the right way. You know, no one again. We talked about this last week. No one's really gonna, you know, kill them for losing two or three at UF. But if you start losing all these conference series, then you're you've got a problem. So by recovering, winning that series, you know, they kind of, I'd say, arrested the slide of a season that was going out of control um, very quickly. I mean, this was a, depending on which poll, you know, maybe a top 10 team angling for a national seed and that, that could have gone very early. They're still in play for everything now. Um, got a midweek game coming up at FIU. So it's local, but it's not at Mark Light. And then this weekend they host Virginia Tech, another really strong outfit. Um, so they now have to, to win another tough series. Um, and then after that, they got to go to Wake Forest as a top five team. So this schedule is really tough to start with. And it's the ACC. All the teams are good, right? I mean, some of the teams that used to be weak, Wake Forest being a perfect example, are really strong now. So that's why it was so critical they won last week. Frankly, they got to take care of this midweek game, get some, get this record turned around. They have a lot of losses early in the year. Now, granted, the Penn State loss is bad. A couple of midweek games. FAU is a really good team. There's no like, real shame in losing that midweek. Jacksonville's a little bit worse. But, you know, the midweeks – can sometimes be the difference between hosting or not if you take care of that. So they definitely need to do better there. But, you know, losing two or three to Florida is not the end of the world. Uh, they'll you'd like that Penn State opener back. But, again, overall, they're in decent shape. But you got to continue. Now you got to pile on series, win upon series, win, maybe throw some sweeps in there. But Virginia Tech is, you know, it's going to be another tough weekend series, just like NC State was. The Canes have got to win. they got to take care of these home series. And if they can do that, then, then you know, then they can start talking about hosting regionals, hosting super regionals. I mean, they can win this series against Virginia Tech this weekend, go to Wake Forest. You know, there's a chance to do some damage there and really get a feather in their cap and maybe jump the ACC pecking order. There will almost certainly be regional and, and national seeds out of the ACC. So if the Canes can, can continue to play well, now continue to capture these ACC series, they have an excellent chance to be a regional host and national seed host. And frankly, that could have gone this weekend. So it's very early in the season, but you know, the fact that they're probably now, even though NC state was undefeated coming into that series, you know, if the committee was ranking team, the Canes would probably be ahead of NC state now. And again, as they start giving out host sites and, and, and super regionals and national seeds that matters, they say they don't look at conference, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. There's a certain number of teams that'll host out of the ACC for sure. And the Canes higher up that pecking order, give themselves a better chance to do that. So big, big win for Gino Damari's boys. Again, tomorrow night, or I guess tonight, because it's going out on Wednesday, um, they'll take on FIU at FIU 630. Um, not sure if there's TV coverage, but check out our, our guys on WVMM. Do an awesome job. They'll, they'll definitely have it covered. So, you know, if you want to keep up with that. So with that said, the preamble over. Let me talk a little bit of hoops. I'm going to bring Maddie in here and uh, – and uh, really break this down. Um, so just talking a little bit about where the Canes sit in terms of where they're playing, where their where their regional is, we will uh, pull that up in a second. Um, as the, the playing games are currently going, kind of interesting, you know, how early that is now, but, and, and no one really, uh, really pays much attention to it. So, you know, this will be a, uh, um, a situation where, uh, there are some opponents unknown, and actually for the Canes women, um, 
they don't know one of the teams in their quadrant. Now we'll get to that in a second because, frankly, the uh, the uh, the women are in a tough, tough spot. But let's first check out this men's bracket a little bit. Um, do a little breakdown here as as I uh, bring this in, and and uh, we can uh, take a look and see where the Canes sit. Again, we, we're going to talk to Matt in a minute, and we'll go in depth on this region. But essentially, where um, the Canes are sitting is. Um, in the uh wow they're trying to play this game for me i don't care who wins that um all right so this is where the canes are sitting and you can kind of see their their path through here so they're right here these are the games in albany i will be in albany this weekend um well hopefully i'll be there friday's game hopefully through the weekend if the canes win um so stay tuned for live coverage from there but this is kind of what they call their pod right so these are the four teams that the canes could potentially face off there are other teams in albany it's actually uh Connecticut, Iona, TCU, and playing game. Um, but the Canes are not aligned to them. They're just in the same uh, same uh, location. So this is the Canes pod. You know, they got to win a couple of games to get to the next week. You kind of look at, fan out beyond that. Um, you got Houston um, and uh, as the one seed over there. So if the Canes can get through this weekend, they're likely to see Houston. Um, I, with that said, Iowa, very high scoring team, can beat a lot of people have beaten a lot of people. That's not an easy matchup. Auburn's an interesting one. Obviously, the Canes bounced them last year after Auburn um, put, you know, was the two seed and was the best team in the ACC. These games are in Birmingham, which, you know, doesn't seem fair that uh, Auburn's essentially playing at home. But that is what the committee chose to do. It's kind of crap, to be honest. Um, and... You know, Houston as a one seed having to essentially play a road game isn't exactly fair. Um, but anyway, this is that region. You'll notice that another team the Canes bounced out last year, Iowa State, is also on the bottom half of the region. If the Canes make it all the way to the regional final, they'll hit one of these teams. Um, you know, Texas, the two seed, AM, Xavier, some other options here. Uh, Iowa State, as I mentioned. Those two games, if they get that far, Elite and Sweet 16 will be in Kansas City. And then the uh, the final will be final four is in Houston this year. So this is kind of the path ahead for the Canes. Obviously, to get by Drake first. Again, we're going to go in depth with Maddie in, in a couple of minutes um, and talk about Houston. But um, you know, just wanted to kind of put some context in play here for where the Canes are sitting and what their um, and kind of what their path ahead is. That game is at seven twenty five. On Friday night, um, Sunday game time. If they win, not set yet. They kind of wait for the uh, for the Friday games to play out first, and they publish the uh, Sunday game times. So more to come on that. Um, but that that's kind of the path ahead for the Canes at this juncture. Um, so in terms of you know, since we last spoke, uh, other than last night's Six Rings Kane show, there was um, you know the injury to Norwich Hadomir. So far, just day to day is the company line on that and i'd be pretty surprised if we hear anything you know concrete about him um prior to to the to the actual uh to the actual game time decision which i'm assuming he'll try to give it a go um but we'll get matt's opinion on that as well um which brings us seamlessly maybe this is clickable it is clickable oh i wanted the bracket oof uh, official bracket to the women. Um, so the, the women's term, they did something weird this year. Um, and I don't know if this is permanent or not, but they essentially, in terms of locations, rather than doing, you know, South, Midwest, East, like the, uh, and West, like the, uh, the, uh, men did and what like the women used to do, they've now kind of done two locations for regional finals. So there's a Seattle and a Greensville location and they just did seattle three seattle four greensville one greensville two so the canes are in the greensville two regional which basically means if they get out of the first weekend they'll go to greenville um now with that said um this is a second year in a row they've gotten into that eight nine game which means the potential of playing at a number one seed in the second round you can kind of see where the canes sit here um, they are playing Oklahoma State in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, if they win on Monday, time to be determined, they will play Indiana at Indiana almost for sure. There's a playing game here, but Indiana is, is not going to lose at home to 
um, Tennessee Tech or Monmouth. So, I mean, this is basically you can pen, not pencil, you can pen Indiana into um, into the the round of 32. And hopefully the Canes can beat um, Oklahoma State. I'll, I'll, after we bring Matt on and, and, you know, we talk to him a lot about the men, I, I will break down that women's matchup as well. I do think it's a good matchup for the Canes to potentially get to the second round. Um, but then, you know, juggernaut from there, if they somehow get through that, um, you know, hallelujah, but uh, not likely, but then they would again be in Greenville. Then you can't see the, the four and five team Villanova, Washington state. These games are in Philly. So you would think Villanova would go through. You, if you look down towards the bottom, you have LSU, you have Utah, two really good teams um, and a Michigan team that beat the Canes earlier this year. Also, in this corner, you got NC State, who the Canes lost to in in Raleigh earlier this year. So there's there's some familiarity with some of these teams, um, but yeah, this is one where you kind of, you know, if you get that first game and then you just take a swing <laughs> at um, at NC State. Uh, I mean, at at Indiana, it's not not necessarily a great matchup. And it's, you know, one of the problems with women's basketball, and I, I get they have to sell tickets, and it's easier to do it on campus, but the fact that like you're looking at this and be and thinking, man, the, I'd rather the Canes are the ten seed than the than the nine seed, that's problematic. Um, now, given that you know we know that NC State's a good team, they beat the Canes. You'd rather play Oklahoma State, I guess. So in that sense, the first round matchup is easier, but you're almost maxed out at getting one win. So, but maybe the Canes will surprise us and. Frankly, the entire college basketball world, Indiana's lost three games this year. First, they got to get past the Cowgirls of Oklahoma State. That game is Saturday, 2 p.m. from Bloomington. Interesting that Indiana put their game first with an 11.30 tip time. I know TV dictates a lot, but that is an early tip for the Hoosiers at home. Um, and it does give them a little bit more rest for uh, Monday's opponent. And I'm assuming they figure even if people are late trickling in on a, on Monday, it doesn't, I mean, on, on Saturday, it doesn't really matter. They're going to probably win comfortably. Um, all right. That is the hoops, the state of hoops affairs right now. Um, before we bring uh, Matt on, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor of this show. Uh, our, our, our guys at at, at uh, Price Picks. So, PricePicks.com, offer code F I V E. That is five, the word five, F I V E. Um, check them out. If you enter that offer code, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. The way you play is very simple. You pick two to five players, athletes, you bet on over under on their statistics. Um, for example, Luka Doncic, one of my guys at Dallas. You know, is he going to score below or above a certain point total? Apparently, if I would take the under on on, on one at this point because he's out injured. But and then if you hit that, you pay off. You got to do at least two, and the more you add, the more money you could potentially make. So it's just like doing a normal uh, parlay if you've ever sports bet before. Very similar to that. Two to five players, you bet their stats, you hit them all, you win money, and again, use the offer code F I V E at checkout and. Uh, Price picks in five reasons sports will match your offer up to match your uh, deposit up to a hundred dollars. That is pricepicks.com offer code F I V E five. Um, with that said, let's go ahead and get to uh to Matt here and, and get an in-depth breakdown of the Canes and Drake. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's my uh, pleasure to welcome my guest to the show here. He goes by Matty Icy. Um, and uh, Matt is, for those of you that don't know him, is one of the, I would say, experts on Miami Hoops, covers, has it all covered. He's also hosts several podcasts, writes for OBB Legend, um, does a Kane's Call-In show, did a, um, did a big kind of hour-long deep dive on, on March Madness today as well for About the Fans. Definitely check that out. Uh, Matt, 
thanks for joining me. Welcome, welcome to the to the show. Welcome to the Six. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I forgot that I do all those things. <laughs> I know, like I it. know. You're you're I'm all like, over I the do? place. You're all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I, I I actually so I full disclosure, I learned some of your uh, footprint today as I was kind of looking up all the stuff you're involved in. I'm like, all right, so 15 minutes for the intro and. Because <laughs> you're, you're involved in so much stuff, man. You're spread wide. Uh, but I feel like hoops, it, is it fair to say the basketball is kind of where your uh, your core passion is here? Yeah. Like, obviously, Kane's Colin is like a big part of yeah. what I do. And then writing with the OBB legend as well. But that that's mainly the hoops. Um, I, I, you know, talk football, but that's more like from just a fan standpoint. I'm not like X's and O's. Basketball's always been my first love, though. And I've always loved Kane's hoops. So that's that's like my bread and butter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and like like I said, I'm not I'm not overselling him. Uh, Matt is one of our kind of one of the top people covering Kane's hoops that really kind of gets below the surface level trivial stuff and kind of dives deep in the X's and O's. So we're gonna be doing that as part of this show. I guess we'll start though with you know the 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 I guess the most concerning news is no Nor Chad O'Meara's injury. Um, he sprained his ankle. We don't know how bad it is. He's officially day to day. What are your kind of feelings around his injury? Do you, one, do you think he'll play? Two, do you think he'll be effective? What are your yeah. thoughts there? Um, I mean, so much of Norchad's game is about his mobility on defense, and he provides such a spark um, defensively because of that. Um, you know, his ability to rebound and everything, it's all, you know, because of that uh, mobility and aggressiveness. Um, Definitely concerned. Um, I think it's a lot of uncertainty just because we don't know the severity and we're not going to know until tip off, um, you know, maybe warm ups a little before. Um, but if we're missing Norchad, you know, I'm concerned. Um, and I mean, he's he's the heart and soul of our defense. He's probably the most important player um on this team for multiple reasons and i think it's kind of overlooked sometimes because he provides a lot on offense too his mobility is a huge part um of what gets you know these guards going so um it would be a big loss and it would make me even more concerned you know in this matchup in this first round matchup yeah and i think one of the things that's that's happened with norchad is as people watching this team following this team covering this team we've gotten a little bit used to just how impactful he is across the board and it almost doesn't pop as much anymore. I mean, there are times where he'll steal the ball in the backcourt, dribble all the way up, lead the fast break. And, like, that's our center. Like, that yeah. shouldn't happen. But now you're kind of used to it. Now that, he's, now that, you know, he might not play, that all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, we can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do that. In addition to being kind of the only, like, traditional big that's going to get minutes, I don't think Favor R is going to really play a lot. Um, you know, uh, in addition to losing that size, just, like, he's so dynamic. And the things he does are – unique to him and that's it's not like you can just plug in the backup and say maybe you can give it a go no you have to change almost everything you do if he's not playing and it's kind of i i mean i didn't really fathom this scenario we kind of spent a lot of year wearing okay if he gets into foul trouble at a key game because he does have issues with fouls it's like what are we going to do there and then you know now the, the prospect of him not playing at all is certainly scary but to your point i think we'll know more basically a tip yeah <laughs> is he the guy jumping center or not because they're not going to give yeah. anything away here sorry canes fans uh you're not going to get any sleep uh until <laughs> until game time um yeah. yeah and i mean it's it's i can't speak on it enough his mobility and aggressiveness um i i mean if if you want to take you know just watching the uh, I forget the name of it, but like, you know, the bracketology show and they pan over to Miami and you see Norchad just sitting there, you know, no boot, no, you know, um, looks like he wasn't really wearing anything on that ankle. Um, I think that's a good sign um, because if it was, you know, severe, like grade two, grade three or whatever, he would definitely have something on that ankle. Um, but but yeah, I mean, we're just not going to know until tip off. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't at least try to give it a go. Yeah. So I think he'll like to your point, he'll be out there for warmups. I'm almost a hundred percent sure just to like, all right, let's see what we got here. And then, you know, sometimes players warm up and don't actually play. So we won't really know until, you know, seven twenty five on Friday. Um, but I, I, I'm optimistic. He'll at least give it a go. And then, then, then you have to transition to the discussion about efficacy. And <laughs> is he actually a hundred percent? Can he do all the things we've kind of come up, gone accustomed to him see, to seeing him do? Yeah, and if if there's one guy that like would really come back from this and 
whatnot, it would be Norchad. Um, dude is a monster. Um, I met him actually in person. Um, I linked up with Jordan Miller after one of the games. I, had, I actually live in California, so I flew out to Miami for nice. the FSU game. And then I went to one of their basketball games. And so I was introduced to him and he just like crushed my hand. I was like, Oh my <laughs> God. I was like, why aren't you playing defensive end? Um, but yeah. he's, he's a good guy. I, I really hope he's able to give it a go. He just brings like, I mean, just not even talking about what he brings, you know, specific like skill wise basketball, but like, I feel like the team just like, like just really embraces like what he brings and plays with a certain um, style. Um, if that makes sense um, because of, you know, the way that he, carries himself on the floor yeah no definitely and he brings that physicality which kind of the rest of the team doesn't i mean they play hard but they're not physical and he's he's the physical he's the hammer on the team um so i feel like our fans were nervous anyway after the fsu game and you know there's been a lot of games this year where they won but should have won by more the lead slipped and even some of the losses you know they ultimately lost a game with a big yeah. lead so i feel like there's always going to be a little bit of nervousness with our fan base but if you take norchad's injury followed by you know a lot of people are picking drake the 512 matchup is historically one people pick a lot of upsets in cuz it, it's like an outlier like the yeah. the 12 seed wins more than the 11 seed it's kind of a weird anomaly with the with the way the the seating works. And so a lot of people are picking Drake. A lot of people are doubting Miami. How, how are you feeling right now about, about this heading into this game about the program and yeah. where, where the team is? Well, and, and I think that, you know, a lot of times it's, it's hard to, to follow every single team in the NCAA tournament, but I think that this is kind of a popular pick because you look at, you know, their last four games, how they performed. Um, a lot of people said that they, you know, should have been a lower seed as well. They should have been a six or what have you. Um, and, um, and then also too, like, you know, a lot of people reference these stats of like, um, you know, obviously we're ranked, I think outside the top 100 and adjusted uh, defensive efficiency. And that's a stat that people really look at when they're determining, you know, who's going to get upset and whatnot. Um, the only thing I will say is, um, in regards to how we were performing of recent Miami was on a really good run for a while. Obviously the FSU loss happened. We won't talk about that anymore, but <laughs> Nigel pack was out for that game. So we weren't a hundred percent. We didn't have all of our guys. Um, obviously Norchad did played one minute of the Duke game and Miami was still able to keep it close, be competitive, even though, you know, they had Anthony Walker and, you know, true freshman AJ Casey out there trying to guard these, you know, five-star recruits, big men. Um, and, you know, the other thing as well is defensive efficiency. I, I get Miami wasn't in, in the top 100. I get that we're, you know, defense isn't really our, our strong suit. You know, we're a really good offensive team. But if you look at last year, you know, we weren't the best team defensively. But if you look at performance in the tournament, I don't know if you remember this, Vishnu, but when – um Last year, I posted a statistic when we were in the elite eight out of all the elite eight teams, we had the highest or the lowest defensive efficiency. So, you know, the best defensive efficiency in the tournament. That's what really, you know, got us going. We were, uh, you know, forcing turnovers. We were, you know, contesting um, every shot. I, I was amazed because it, there was such a difference in terms of, um, you know, maybe someone gets by you, but then there was someone else that just came there. It was like a swarming defense, but then you know, not really essentially leaving your man. Um, it, it was impressive to see. And I think that, you know, we kind of did start to see that at the end of this season um, um, a bit. Uh, so to me, I still feel good about this team. If Norchad isn't playing, you know, obviously I'm concerned. I think that it'll be a close game. But with guard play and stuff, the guards that we have, um, I, I, I like Miami in this matchup still. Yeah, and I think one of the things... So I kind of sh- I'm actually more optimistic I feel than, than the normal because mm-hmm. um, I was in and you'd kind of touched on this a little bit that Duke performance everyone's so high on Duke and like wow look how great this team is final lost 14. Lost, yeah. lost the only big on the roster really otherwise you're playing like a power forward or a small forward you know on a normal team as center still I mean that game was close right to the end and if Duke is this like wow look at Duke then. Playing without Norchad and, and giving them a game to the end. You mentioned, 
you know, the FSU game shouldn't have happened anyway, but without Nigel Pack, the last time the Canes lost a game unhealthy was that game at Pitt. Yeah. So, and that's the other, Nigel Pack didn't even have a good game against Duke too. I mean, it was mainly Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. So, I mean. But that's, a, so, so to me, that's another kind of encouraging thing with this team, even in relation to last year's team. There's so many guys that step up and score and can win you games. Last year, it had to be McGusty, Wong, mm-hmm. and Charlie Moore, and Jordan Miller to a lesser extent than he is this year. He's really grown into like that frontline role. This year, you know, you have Wooga winning the pick game essentially by himself, hitting all those threes, right? Like that wasn't happening last year. Benjamin no. Joseph has had a few moments defensively, especially. So I just feel like there's more weapons. And I think the other thing that happened in the tournament last year again, knock on wood that it happens again this year is it's just a weird team to play against scramble all over the place in defense a lot of interchangeable parts and i think that's where the turnovers came last year it's just not not a team you're not used to playing against teams like that and then all of a sudden you have to do it in a pressure situation you tend to get loose with the ball because if you look at last year that usc matchup that was kind of a nightmare matchup for the kings all their guards were like six eight six nine six ten They had a legit big who's in the NBA now. Like there was just this was a huge team on paper. And like they're going to overpower the Canes, and they didn't do it. Um, and and I think that's you know there's some encouraging signs there. No, absolutely. So, and so yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side. Um, but yeah, I could get the you, you know you only as optimistic as I am, you only have to read like the 15th team being like most likely team to get upset Miami before you're like, all right, I'm a little nervous here. This is a little bit too much group thing going on. Um, yeah, but let's see, let's see, let's see if you can give us a window into why people are, let's just say high on Drake here. Uh, so I know you broke down a couple of their games. You've watched some of their film to, to just why don't you give everyone listening and myself as well, uh, a little overview of Drake here. Yeah. So Drake is definitely an interesting team. Um, their head coach, he's been there for a few years now. Um, his son is actually, I think you t- you posted this on Twitter actually yeah. as well. His son is like the star player, um, averaging like I think around 20 a game. Um, Tucker DeVries, um, great three-point shooter, um, kind of a versatile guy on offense, um, a little bit limited, I would say, on defense. Um, 6'8", plays the four. Um, but I, what I think is interesting is they play like a three-guard lineup and they're all under six three um the one thing i would say is i think that you know a few of them kind of play bigger than they are um in terms of physicality um i know one of them um garrett sturtz was a conference defensive player of the year i believe um very physical guy you can see that not just in the way that they play defense but the way that they like attack the rim um, all three of those guys, even Tucker um, DeVries as well, can kind of attack the rim and create for themselves a little bit. Um, but I think the one thing that I go to, because I know we're talking about Drake right now, the fact that I don't think Drake has really seen a team that does what they do, essentially. I mean, you have Nigel Pack, you have Isaiah Wong, you have Jordan Miller, you have all these guys that kind of cr- create. You know, Wuga's really come into his own as well. Um, averaging double digits in his last like five, six games. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, they, they do have more of a traditional big. He's like, I think he's six ten, like two eighty. He's a big, big boy, pretty solid offensive rebounder. So that does, you know, concern me a little bit. Um, he's not the most mobile guy, um, but definitely active on the offensive boards as well. So we got to body him up, box him out. Um, the one thing I did notice defensively about them is they're very active with their hands. Like when it, when the ball's like one pass away. Um, and so, I mean, whenever that's the case, I mean, you, you gotta be able to essentially, you know, read the defense, make, make those backdoor cuts, make, you know, any cut to the basket, dive to dive to the basket as well. That's something Jordan Miller does really well. Something he did last year more of, especially. So I'd really look to that. Um, I think that Jordan Miller and Tucker DeVries is going to be the matchup though in this game, because I'm pretty sure they're going to be going up against each other. I don't know if Tucker will guard Jordan Miller. We'll kind of see in that regard. I would think he would be the one, um, but he's a really great shooter. You have to have a hand up on him. He, even when you think it's contested, it's not contested. He will make a three in your face. Um, but 
I mean, I think that's that's going to be the interesting matchup. You know, Jordan Miller is only six seven, but has a seven foot wingspan. He's got that length uh, and athleticism and ability to kind of stay with them. Um, but Tucker, you know, is a strong, strong, um, strong dude. He's six eight. I think he's like round two twenty two thirty. So he has a little bit of weight on Jordan Miller. Um, but when I'm looking at one matchup in the game, that's kind of the matchup that I'm looking at going back and forth. Um, and then, I mean, obviously too, like Isaiah Wong, you know, ACC player of the year, um, you know, what Isaiah Wong are we going to get? Are we going to get, uh, this game? Cause he has so, had some inconsistent performances. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the main thing. Um, yeah, I, so I was actually you kind of sort of answered one of my questions because okay. I know I know from a height standpoint you know Jordan Miller's the matchup I actually thought we might see Wuga on on DeVries to start with just because he's more used to playing on the wing and on the perimeter I know he's their four but yeah Jordan Miller tends to guard bigs <laughs> um, yeah that's a little bit of a different matchup for him so I actually mm-hmm. thought Wuga might start on him but you're, you're thinking it'll be Jordan Miller I, I I would say Jordan Miller and I think I think. It's because, I mean, I love Wuga. He's a really good defensive player. Um, but I like the idea of him guarding one of those smaller guys, kind of locking him down um, and kind of showing them something that they haven't really seen in a 6'5 guy with length that, you know, you don't see that in that type of conference. Um, yeah, that's, I, kind of, that's kind of another thing if you want to talk about this too. Um, so you mentioned... They haven't really seen a team that does what they do. That's something that jumped out at me. I looked at like the statistics and mm-hmm. also kind of the way the teams are structured. Very similar. They're like yeah. the mid-major version of us. Play a lot of wings, a lot of guard play. Even their their bigs aren't necessarily big. Like their power force DeVries, like you mentioned. So um, is this just, I mean, are, am I being overly optimistic to say we're just a better version of their team? No, I mean, I think it's true. It's a lot. So like if we knew Norchad Omir was 100% healthy and we were going into this game, I honestly would put all my money on Miami, you know? It's just kind of a wild card of like, you know, what kind of Miami team is going to show up when, you know, a guy that's been labeled as like the heart and soul, you know? you I don't know if you saw that video that Kane's Hoops put out about yeah. all the guys talking about Norchad. Um, it jinxed you know, what, him. <laughs> yeah, it, apparently. Um it's just, you know, what kind of team is going to show up when, you know, if if he's not playing, if he is playing and he's kind of, you know, battered a bit. Um, but, but yeah, no. And I mean, going back to what we were talking about in terms of like, you know, them not really seeing a team that's built similarly to them. Um, I, I think that this is the game that Isaiah Wong is going to get a lot, a lot of open lanes to the basket. I think he's going to have a lot of open drives. Um, I want to get that big man that they have on their team and a lot of pick and roll scenarios and stuff because he is limited um, in terms of his mobility. So I hope that, you know, Norchad is able to set those, those high ball screens, do those little handoffs that, you know, get, get shooters open, you know, Nigel pack benefits off those a lot. Um, if that's the case and, he, and we're able to do that, then I really like our chances in this game. Yeah, and some of it's just, I mean, you know, in the second half of the year, absent a few games, Nigel Pack has been really good. Um, you mentioned the Duke game wasn't one of his best performances, but he's been shooting at a high level and he was struggling at the beginning of the year a little bit. So, you know, if he's, if he's knocking down threes, that forced them to extend their defense essentially out to half court, which just opens the whole court up as well. Um, so I think that's yeah. another kind of big thing is, is, is this shot going? I mean, it, if he's open, he generally makes it from like a normal three-pointer. I'm more talking about, is he able to pull up from the logo and just consistently knock it down, which he is pretty regularly now that, yeah. that opens well, the whole court up. Yeah. And you talked about it. Like he was on a streak of like, I can't remember which game it was after where he, he shot like over, I want to say like over 53% from three and was shooting like a, good quality volume from three. Um, and then I think it was that injury that kind of happened, you know, being out for a little bit as a shooter, it can kind of, you know, mess with your confidence and stuff. Um, but if he can get it going in the tournament, I mean, I, with Norchad, you know, able to move, you know, and whatnot, I, I really like Miami, um, especially, because of of what Nigel Pack can bring to this offense, because I think it just 
I mean, Miami's offense is good, but it's at another level when Nigel Pack is able to shoot um, consistently on a con- or on a consistent basis. Yeah, and you know, there's a certain former Syracuse coach um, criticized Miami's use of NIL. I think one <laughs> of the things um, that should be commended is how complimentary the play. They didn't just go and get the biggest name out there. Or the you know, like Nigel Pack fits this system perfectly because he opens the floor up for for Wong, for Wugga, for Jordan Miller, who are awesome in space. Yeah, you know, and and, and North oh, a, mo- a mobile big, so he also is not because as much as like Miami missed, you know, Sam Bordenberg was not a post player; he was floating at the three point line. That did leave the lane open for the guards to slash and drive. And Norchad's actually able to do both because he's so mobile. He doesn't just stand there and like bring the mm-hmm. big and the health. He pulls the health defense out. So I just the way this roster was constructed just fit really well. Yeah, and I mean, I think you got to give credit to to Coach L because I mean, he knows what he's doing in the transfer market. You know, um, he knows the guys that he wants to build his team around. Um, and it's interesting that you say that too because I think there's a lot of people that had kind of written off Nigel Pack that maybe he wasn't, you know, right in this system because. You know, at Kansas State, he came off a, a lot of screens. It was more catch-and-shoot scenarios and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, you see it. Like, he's he's able – I mean, I can't even remember, like, how many games where, you know, Nigel Pack has kind of created a little mid-range for his sh- for himself or or whatever. Um, he's He's been a huge part of, you know, Miami's success, and so is Norchad, obviously. So um, – but yeah, they've 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 built a really good team that loves to play together too. You can tell, yeah. and that's a huge part of it, especially in basketball. Yeah, and that's this is probably the homer in me. I just can't see these guys going out in one game. I just can't see it. They're, I feel like they have too much. I, I mean, this is like so cliche. I feel like they have too much like force of will to do that to just lose the first game. Like I can't see it. Yeah, and 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 it's 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 funny to me because I feel like, you know, like. I get why people, you know, pick that 12-5 upset and whatnot. Um, but to me, like, like the reasoning of, like, picking Drake, it's like, well, I mean, have you seen what Miami has done this year? Have you seen their offense? Um, and then, uh, like, honestly, the emergence of Wuga, too. Because, I mean, I think that he's kind of filled a void, um, not directly with scoring, but like, you know, Cam Augusti was one of our best rebounders as a guard. And I think that Wuga has helped in that regard. Um, he's been a really good defender. I think Cam Augusti was, you know, a good defender um, when he was at Miami as well. Um, and he's, he's gotten better. I mean, I've talked about it past five, six games. He's been putting up double digits. He's been more confident in his shooting ability. He's obviously had that mid range shot, but you know, if he, if he can consistently knock down that three, I mean, the driving lanes are going to be open. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about how Drake is not used to essentially seeing a more, a bigger, more athletic version of themselves. I mean, our guards should be able to shoot over the top of a lot of this too, in addition to, yeah. you know, it's a lot, they do a lot of step backs and a lot of, to create space. This should in theory be easier to do against Drake yeah. than against some of the bigger players in the ACC as well. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to me to see what they do defensively with like Isaiah Wong and stuff. Um, because I mean, depending on who's guarding Wong, I'm guessing it's going to be um, what's his name, Garrett Sturts, probably. He's six three. He's one of the he's the bigger guard out of them. But I mean, Isaiah Wong's still six four. He's lengthy. I mean, Sturts isn't the most athletic guy. I, he knows how to play defense and stuff. But I mean, Isaiah Wong, you know, he loves getting in the basket, getting those little mid-range, you know, kind of fadeaways and um, different shots in that regard. And I, th- I think he's going to have a really good game because of this, you know. Yeah, he's such a pain in the ass to guard because he scores from everywhere. He'll come off a screen and, and just hit a catch and shoot. He'll do a step back three. He'll drive and pull up for the mid-range. He'll get all the way to the rim the next time. Like, he's just a pain to guard. Yeah, especially um, if, he's, think, if he's hitting his threes, then you cannot guard him at all. He's another one that I think we kind of take for granted because he's been here so long and he's yeah. ACC player of the year because everyone else has to, you know, all the coaches and, and the media from the opposing teams and all, they have to deal with him. Where we're like, Wong's been here forever. We kind of know what he's about, so you kind of get used to it. And then the opposing, you know, the, coach, the opposing coach that's to try and set the defense is like, how do I cover this guy? And that's how he wins ACC player of the year. 
I, I know we're just talking about Drake versus Miami, but in the crazy, the crazy thing is Isaiah Wong could come back another year if he wanted to. Yeah, I I can't imagine he's gonna do that, but I would I would obviously love it. Um, I think we all would, but I, I think he's probably gone to 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 he's gonna get paid next year. Um, all right, so you know we kind of danced around it. I think we both hinted it. I think you certainly hinted at which direction you're leaning. But do you want to uh, give us a prediction for this uh, this game on Friday? Score prediction. However you want to do it, man. The floor is yours. Okay. You, can, you can explain it. You can go in depth on it. Whatever you want to do before I'm you, going you, with, before you say Miami okay. was going to win. You know, <laughs> I'm going with the assumption that uh, Norchad O'Meara is playing, and he's you know maybe not 100, percent but he's you know relatively active and whatnot. I think that Jordan Miller and I think Jordan Miller is going to have a really good game in terms of like uh, influencing the game and different aspects like he's gonna have a like he's he's been having these games where you know he's like most assists on the team you know steals he's gonna do whatever it takes to win right you know i'm the jordan miller homer right the yeah. president and ceo of the jordan miller fan club i i so, do now um you, okay, you do now. <laughs> so um i i think that you know just that matchup i think he's gonna do a good job on tucker defreeze i think he's gonna you know tucker's gonna get his own he's a good offensive player um you know, I think Isaiah Wong has a really good game, though, to be honest. Um, I think Nigel Pack, you know, hits some threes. Hopefully, you know, carries over to the next game, um, next round, because um, they're going to need it. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to take Miami here. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 81-75. I think it's a little close, but... Um, but yeah, I'm taking Miami. I mean, that could mean anything with this team. It could mean they're up by 15 with two minutes left. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> several of those. Um, all right, Matt. Well, uh, before I let you go, why don't you plug plug away? I, I kind of touched on some of the stuff you're in, but why don't you go ahead and uh, plug all of your, your Kane's presence? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, so check me out on the OBB Legend. I'm going to have some March Madness stuff coming out. Um, I'll have an article out either tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, it just depends when I when I can really get to work on it. Um, so I'd appreciate if you guys can check that out. Uh, Kane's calling. We haven't really done that for a little bit, but you know we'd always appreciate the support. Um, I think that that football season kind of left us, oh my you know, God. with a bad taste oh in our God. mouth. Was, that was like that was so painful. <laughs> like just just like playing that bad. Anyway, let's Imagine not talk about that. Sweet sixteen. Let's make it. Yeah, happen. sweet sixteen. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Uh, you can check me out there um, about the fans as well. I do a show with Jordan Nelson um, every Wednesday night. It's more of like an NBA thing. So if you're into that, you can check that out as well at about the buckets. Um, but yeah, and I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, been a listener of yours for, for a while here. So it's, it's really cool to uh, be on here with you. No, it was, thank you for joining before, before you go. Um, so this does also go out as a podcast. Make sure you follow Matt on, on Twitter. If you, if you're, Watching the stream, you can see his handle there, but let me read this out. So it's at inside out, except that the E is a three. So it's I-N-S-I-D-3-O-U-T. Definitely follow him. He'll be covering the game this weekend. Give you a lot of insight as it's unfolding and then hopefully covering a game on Sunday as well. Uh, Matt, again, thanks thanks for joining me. And and definitely if there's a uh, if there's a Kansas City in the Canes future, uh, we'll definitely sync up next week and, and, and we'll start talking about, about the Canes Sweet 16 opponent. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. All right. So uh, that was a chat I had with Matt about the Canes basketball program. Again, that game Friday at 725. I did not make a pick. Um, I think we all know where my loyalties lie there. And what I, I do, I do taking setting aside the homerism, do think the, the Canes are the better team and will win this game. And I think they're, I, I think this is that this this group of kids it just can't end in the first round like that. I I don't see it happening. Um, so that's that's my uh, quick prediction. I'm not going to give you a score like Matt did, but I do think the Canes will win that game. I do want to finish up here with a little talk about the uh, the women's uh, team. They are also in the tournament again. We shouldn't gloss over this, although it's becoming normal and we're all really happy about it. Both teams in the tournament, very few schools do that on a consistent basis. Second year in a row for these Canes programs, big, big deal. Big W for 
through the whole athletics program there. Um, the women are heading to Bloomington. Um, they're playing. They're opening with Oklahoma State. They're the nine seed. Oklahoma State is the eight. So in theory, Oklahoma State should be favored. Now, a couple of things going in the Canes' favor here. Um, one is Oklahoma State's not a big team, um, and the Canes do have size, especially. At, I mean, Kayla Odeker is really starting to come on as a legit center. They still got Lola Pendande, and they're starting, so they've got two bigs there, and it looks. Like Lazaria Spearman might play. She got injured against Syracuse. Um, it looked really bad at the time. Um, she, I mean, frankly, I'm doing what Matt did with Norchad, but she was jumping up and down celebrating the uh, the selection um, to the uh, to the uh, to Bloomington to the NCAA tournament. So I'm assuming she'll play. That's three bigs that are kind of bigger than everyone in Oklahoma State's rotation. So I like the Canes to kind of get the ball inside, really overpower um, Oklahoma State there. And, and Oklahoma State's not been playing well. Um, they did win one game in the Big 12 tournament, which was their first game in a while that they'd won. Um, and it was by a point. They're not necessarily playing good basketball right now. I think the Canes are getting them at the right time. Um, I like the leadership. I like the inside-outside game. The Canes will bring to the table. The Canes get in trouble when they get stifled offensively and because they do get stuck, this has happened multiple times. We had single-digit quarters where, like, the other team was just, you know, overpowering them inside and, and taking away the perimeter game. And there's not there's not a lot of mid-range there. Destiny Harden and Jasmine Roberts a little bit, but they tend to you know play through the post or or shoot threes. And if those aren't going, they tend to struggle, and that's when they get into trouble. Um, you know, we saw Duke, we saw Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament when the offense gets stuck, it gets Really, really stuck. That said, I I do think in contrast to those teams, you know, in this case, the Canes will have a lot more size. And I think that'll help them hopefully not have those long periods of not scoring because they're able to run the ball through the post. Um, so I like this matchup for the Lady Canes. I think they will, they will beat Oklahoma State. I think they'll get that done. And then... You know, then it's at Indiana, and I, you know, Indiana's lost three games this year. Um, one was a buzzer beater against Iowa, who's a two seed, um, and you know they're they're a monster of a team. Um, I would never give up all hope because the Canes have players like Destiny Harden is a great player. Um, Lola Pandani is a great player. Um, Haley Cavender can stretch the defense. Um, Jasmine Roberts has gotten really, really good. Kayla Odeker is finally like adjusted to the size of the college game and is finally able to do damage on the post. There's just a lot to like about this team. There's depth coming off the bench with Carla and and with with Hannah Cavender. Um, I haven't even talked about Jaleel Williams, Lachey Dwyer. There's just a lot of depth. So you can never really count the Canes out just because there's so many players on the team that could potentially swing it. Um and they had, and that's how they were able to. They beat Virginia Tech this year. Virginia Tech, one of their four losses was to Miami. So, like, this is not, you know, this is a team that's proven capable of beating big schools. It's just, you know, to pick them to do so is is probably a bridge too far. But this, I think, they'll give them a game. This is a this is a team of high character that plays really hard. And you know, if they, I wouldn't write them off entirely in that game. I think they could potentially do something really special there just because they're they're a, a a very deep team that can come at you in waves. And if the three-point shot is falling, if Jasmine Roberts is getting into the mid-range, if Lola's is able to score in the in the in the post, all of a sudden, you know, they there's another level they've gone to a few times this year that they have not been able to do consistently. If that level shows up, that that should be a close game now the other hand we've seen when that level doesn't show up against the elite competitions against duke against virginia tech and the acc tournament you know as much as they fought it just it wasn't there um so that will be a tough one if they're gonna try, if they're gonna beat um virginia tech i mean if they're gonna beat indiana i mean that that would be something else um and frankly you know oklahoma state's the higher seed so that that's a tough one as well. So, you know, hopefully they get through that first game. And they take a punch at Indiana. I think that's all we can ask for here. Um, I I do like them in that first game. I, I don't think they'll really get past Indiana, but I, I think they'll they'll do us proud either way. Um, this is a, this is again, it's a it's a veteran team, it's a high character team. And I think we're gonna, you know, see a lot of 
I think I think they're gonna, either way, whether they come out of there headed to Greenville or or heading back home, um, I think this is a program that'll come out of there with their heads held high. I I think they'll play really well. I think they'll play well against Oklahoma State, and then we'll you know hopefully get a shot at Indiana and see see what happens there. But shout out to Coach Meyer and all the players. Uh, you know they've really. This program is elevating. Um, it was, and and I think it's going to continue to do so regardless of of the result here. Um, but that that game is Saturday, two p.m. from Bloomington. It is the later game in Bloomington, so if the first game goes into multiple overtimes or something, there would be a uh, a bit of a delay there. Um, all right. With that said, I'm going to wrap up here just by um, kind of addressing um, the uh, the teams here. So both teams are headed you know, to, to the colder parts of the country. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're taking, they're, they're taking South Florida with them. And, and I think something really unique about this school, about this community is, uh, the university of Miami is so central to all of it. So, um, you know, as, as, as these teams travel, you know, they're, they're taking us with them. And I'm talking from Palm beach to Key West, like this is, this is South Florida's school and South Florida's team. And, um, you know, everyone will be rooting them on. I'll be there. I know people all over the country will be tuning in to support these Canes. And I just would say, like, regardless of what happened, you know, this weekend, both these programs have done us really proud. You know, they they represent the school well. They play hard. You know, they, they win a lot. Like, this is, again, getting into the NCAA tournament consecutive years for both firms is a big deal. So, you know, I know we're going to get caught up in the moment over the weekend. We're going to be like living and dying with every shot from both teams and it's going to be stressful. So before we kind of get into that mode, I do want to just at least, you know, acknowledge the, the joy that these programs have brought to us over this year and over the last few years. And, you know, regardless of what happens, I think I can speak for all of South Florida and saying that we're proud of them and, and we want them to, you know, continue to strive, continue to grow after this year as well. But, you know, this is, this is the pinnacle, right? This is why we're fans. This is why, you know, we support the program, hoping for success, understanding it's not easy, understanding that, you know, these moments are rare. Like the, the Canes made their first elite eight last year in men's. Um, It's been a long time since they've been in consecutive tournaments for the women. This is, we're hitting uncharted territory here. And, you know, as much as a lot of our fan base is, you know, we have this football mentality of championship or bust. It's been 20 years since we've done anything remotely close to that in, in football. But, you know, these 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 wins along the way do matter. Um, and, you know, the, the men winning the ACC is a big deal. And, and the women making the tournament in consecutive years is a big deal. Um, and so I, I, I think, you know, whatever happens this weekend, I, 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 for one, and again, I think I speak for a lot of people who are proud of these programs. They've represented the university well, these kids, some of them, you know, this is their first postseason of many to come. Others, this is the end of their career at Miami. Um, and I think either way, you know, we're proud that they're, they're going to be associated with the school forever. And, um, you know, I feel like sometimes we get caught up in the moment and, and we don't stop to say, hey, this is extraordinary what this program has accomplished. And I mean both of them and in, in conjunction. Um, and I, I think, you know, it might not go our way this weekend. Um, and if it doesn't, it'll be painful, but it doesn't diminish, you know, what the accomplishments here. And I'm very excited to see what all of these kids do next because they're all going to succeed in some facet of life. And uh, so, yeah, so as you're cheering the kids on this weekend, I know we're all going to be all in. We're going to be on edge. We're going to be fired up, you know, um, whatever happens, that pride that we have in them should not, um, should not go away. So to them, I say, we're proud of you. Thank you for two outstanding seasons in a row for both programs. Good luck this weekend. You're representing all of us. We know you're going to do great. And just remember, it's always a great day to be a Miami Hurricane. Let's go Canes. Let's win some games this weekend. And uh, 
I'll be doing continuing coverage uh, from Albany later in the week as well. I'll be doing some some quick hits from there. I'll obviously be on my Twitter um, and definitely follow uh, Inside Three Inside Out with the the E is a three. Matty Ice, who joined me earlier during the game, he'll be he'll be dropping inside as well. Um, and yeah, let's go Canes. Let's get some wins, and we'll, we'll talk again throughout the weekend. And definitely check out the Six Rings Cane Show weeknights at eight thirty. And also, uh, for Formula One fans hitting the Apex, our Formula One show, Wednesdays at 8 p.m., join myself, Jazz, and Moni Lebro on, on that show. Um, but anyway, I, I, I have confidence in these Canes. They're going to do us proud this weekend. Let's go, Canes. The Six Rig Kane Show. Yeah. The Six Rig Kane Show. Yeah.